Hi, welcome to the New Futurist Podcast. This is a show where we focus on real practical ways to gain greater clarity, greater insight about how the world is changing, and most importantly, how you can take an active role in creating the kind of future that you want to see. Now, this show, this episode is a quick hit. It means it's short, it's sweet, it's to the point, a little food for thought. So, uh, before we jump into it, do a little house cleaning here. If you have not subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, this makes sure that we can uh, we can get you new updates, that you get some of the latest and the greatest shows and some of our uh, previous shows and, and a bunch of other stuff that we're putting into the pipeline right now. So without further ado, enjoy. No matter what you do in your life, professionally speaking, uh, especially if you are um, in a field where there's maybe wide interpretations about uh, what it is that you do, the value that provide that you provide, um, and why people or organizations should engage with you, you have to have a point of view. You have to have a perspective. Um, this is something I run up against all the time because uh, you know one question that people ask me when they find out that I'm a futurist is, how does somebody become a futurist? And my answer is, you know, jokingly, but in a number of ways, I'm kind of serious too. It's you just start calling yourself one because nobody else is going to know the difference. So for me, one of the things that I've had to really uh, hone and, and focus in on over the past several years is to be really clear about what my perspective and point of view is in my particular field as a futurist. Because for the most part, what I've run into is most people think of a futurist, they think of a keynote speaker who gets up and is going to tell you what the next 50 years is going to look like. Um, and I, I really have no interest in doing that. I enjoy speaking but not by giving some you know, drawn-out 90-minute trends presentation. And the reason why is because there's very little value in the present day for that. So if I could really sum up what my philosophy is and what really drives me in the work that I do, it's number one, it's understanding this idea that people create the future, not technology. You see, uh, when we talk about the future, we love to get really amped up about technological innovation and, and uh, the... Uh, the escalation of, of uh, big data and automation and how this is going to reshape our workforce. And all those things are certainly interesting. They definitely are. Uh, and they will have an impact. Uh, but oftentimes we're getting really excited about a prediction or a projection of what this technology is going to do. And we give undue weight to the technology itself as being, uh, uh, as being the driver, the thing that is... Uh, is moving the future in a certain direction. The reality is, is that technology is just a tool. That's all it is. Technology is a tool. So that tool then needs to have human intention behind it. So when I say that my very first overarching philosophical view on the future and in my work is that people shape the future, not technology, it's because people have to put human intention, they have to put intention uh, to that technology in order for it to really create value. I mean, just think about, uh, think about a hammer. When's the last time you saw a hammer get up on its own and go out back and build a shed? Now, I'm not saying that's completely out of the realm of, the po you know, of what's possible down the road, but from where we are right now, a hammer still requires you to pick it up and put intention behind it. That's how we need to think about the future. It requires human intention. The second part of that is that, uh, second part of my philosophy on this is that the future is created, 
it's not predicted. You see, this is also one of those things too. Uh, I'm often introduced as teaching people how to predict the future and I have to back that up and say, no, I'm not gonna teach you how to predict the future. I know, that makes me a lousy futurist, right? But the reason why the future is, is to be created and not predicted is because whether you realize it or not, when you make the assumption that the future is there to be predicted, then you are also saying that the future is set in stone. There's only one future outcome and we're going to predict that outcome. But that's ridiculous. The future is not set in stone. The future is really just an idea. It's a story that is always out in front of you, waiting to be developed, waiting to be created. And when it is created is right now. It's in the present day. So understanding that the future is, is created, not predicted, leads me into my third overarching tenet, if you will, my philosophy as a futurist, and that is that the future is useless if you cannot leverage it now. And what I mean by that is that thinking about the future uh, uncovering different impacts, implications of what we see today and how that might create multiple future possibilities. All that is great, but the sole purpose of it should be to make better decisions right now in the actions that you take. The decisions that you make should be influenced by what you've uncovered by looking out and seeing what the possibilities are of the future. If you don't do that, it's useless. Everything is about what's going on right now. Everything is. The value of thinking like a futurist, looking out to see what might happen down the road is not so you can make six or seven different plans. It's like, all right, well, these are static and we've got this. And if this one starts to happen, good thing we got a plan for it. You have to be able to leverage that information, leverage what it is that you've uncovered as a possibility and constantly update those possibilities as new information comes in. See, thinking about the future, the future as an idea, it's something that is always evolving. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of acting. If you can't leverage that information now, then it's really just an exercise. All right, everybody, that is it for today's show. Again, thank you so much for being here. And if you have not subscribed, make sure you do that before you uh, turn this episode off. And then also visit us at thenewfuturist.com where you can find out more about our work, uh, a lot of the free resources that we have. Of course, if you want to take your strategic thinking, your decision-making, or increase that skill set uh, to drive real innovation and create the future, then you'll definitely want to check out the Foresight Academy. And you can find that on our website, thenewfuturist.com, under courses, but you can also find that at theforesightacademy.com. Again, that's theforesightacademy.com. This is something we're doing in partnership with the University of Tennessee, where uh, folks that go through this program and they complete it are uh, issued a certificate in strategic foresight from the Haslam College of Business at the University of Tennessee. So again, check us out at thenewfuturist.com, but also if you're interested in, uh, in the Foresight Academy and getting your certificate in strategic foresight, then definitely check us out at theforesightacademy.com. As always, uh, feel free to reach out to us directly. Let us know what you think. If you've got some ideas or comments or things that you want to see us uh, or hear us talk about, we want to hear from you. We want to know. So make sure that you comment on the blog and, uh, and leave us a note. All right. Thanks again, everybody. See you soon.